0: What a cool bar we are in. I love this. It's like a real beer tasting bar. No stools even. And then outside is one of our summer bucket list items. What is it? A beer garden. Yes. At Ambulance Brewhouse in Nanuet there is a super cool hideaway behind the restaurant. Megan, tell me about it.
1: Well, it's really cool. It's got string lights and there's this sort of like cushiony lounge seating area and then also highlight is a bar in the back that has a little like flame coming out of the top of it with stools around it. It's a bar with a, with a fire in the middle. I, I, the second I saw it, I said, I need this for my backyard. Why, <laughs> why don't I have one of these? <laughs> Didn't even know this was an option. It's really cool.
0: So we're here at, this, at the Ambulance Brewer House in Danuette because it's one of the items, going to a beer garden is one of the items on our summer bucket list. And if you haven't heard about it yet, get used to it. Because you're going to be hearing about it all summer long. We're going to be going out and checking
1: off these wonderful summery items of things to do in Lowheadland. And not surprisingly, Beer Garden was at the top of my list. So, (laughs) yeah, definitely one of the ones I wanted to tick off first. So, Um, on the rest of the show, we're going to do one of my favorite
0: summertime things. And I think you can guess what that is, Megan. Is it (laughs) rosé? Related. It is rosé-related. <laughs> it is rosé-related. We uh, we went to zackys in Scarsdale, and Andrew McMurray, the vice president there, chose 12 rosés for us to enjoy all summer long. And we talked about those, so we'll be hearing from Andrew in this episode. Um, and then
1: you have some news for us, too, right? I do have some restaurant news out of Hastings. Um, that The space that was the prime is being broken up into two restaurants, and... Both are gonna be super good. Can't wait to hear about all of that. And then we'll also hear
0: from uh, Brian, the owner's son here at Ambulance Brew House, about um, about the beer garden. So let's get to it. Let's hear
1: about that restaurant first in Hastings. Megan, tell us about that. Okay, so the restaurant space is Formerly home to The Prime, which is a big, big restaurant space on Main Street in Hastings. And Alex Z, who's the chef owner at Juniper, which has been there about six or seven years, um, it's a French bistro. He has taken over the space and he's turning it into two new restaurants. One, uh, they're going to have a shared kitchen, but anyway, one, the larger side will be the new home to Juniper. So Juniper is moving. It's not going to be BYO anymore, but that's okay because he's going to build out a really great bar program. The other side, he's opening with Jeremy McClellan, who was the GM at the Tap and the Mill, um, and that one is called Bread and Brine, and it's this Going to be this really cool Maine style oyster house. Uh, Jeremy was telling me he he kind of grew up going to Maine, vacationing there, and then as he and Alex Z became better friends, he actually got Alex and his family to start vacationing in Maine. So now they both have this sort of like nostalgic connection to these oyster bars and raw seafood restaurants in Maine. Um, you know, especially like in the Portland area. I read your article, of course, because mm-hmm. um,
0: I edit it. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I would read it
0: anyway. Thank you, thank You're you. welcome. And um, I was so excited to hear them talk about the Eventide Oyster Company because I love that place in Portland. Um, I have I just, it's so cool. If you haven't been, just at least check out
1: their website because it, you'll see exactly what they're going for. Yeah, it's super cool. And I, I told Jeremy, my sister actually got married in Portland, so we kind of did like a week up there and... Um, it was really, really fun. And, and Even Tide is, is an awesome oyster place if you're ever up in that area. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. Both of them are slated to open this fall. And until then, the, the previous Juniper location, which is also in Hastings, has become a taqueria. So he's serving tacos there. So, Alex Z is like, he's three restaurants strong in Hastings on Hudson. This is like a Rubik's
0: cube of restaurant moving, you know, like the, you know, that that flat. Actually, not instead of the Rubik's cube, that flat game where you have to move tiles around so that you can make something. It's like let's move this one over into this one, and this one over into that one, and then we'll have a nice cohesive like restaurant
1: scene. This is an interesting metaphor, and I'm not totally with you, but I do know what you're saying. <laughs> Alexei has a lot of moving parts. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs>
0: If there's one wine I like more than any other, Megan, I do believe
1: it is a rosé. Yeah, sometimes I razz you a little because you drink rosé year-round, which is a bold choice, some say. Opening a rosé in front of the fireplace in February. Nothing like it. Nothing like a rosé in a snowstorm, you know? (laughs) But now for the rest of us, who I enjoy rosé, but I usually drink it in the warm weather, and now it's rosé season, so... It is,
0: and so we um, asked uh, Andrew McMurray at Zaki's in Scarsdale to choose twelve delicious rosés for us to enjoy all summer long. And we have collected them, and this is why uh, this is uh, one of the uh, uh, articles we call our mixed case. So it's twelve wines which make up a case, and twelve different ones. And we feature we
1: normally feature one a week, you know, for twelve weeks. Yes, and um, this time we kind of rounded all twelve up into one pretty pink little package.
0: (laughs) Well, we just felt like it's the beginning of summer and people want to choose which rosé they might want to go for first instead of having us choose it. But if you want to follow along with us, uh, we are still featuring One Wine a Week. And you can, you know, buy that one and drink it and taste it. And... um, We're starting with one from Austria, but there are, there's some from Washington, there's some from, of course, from Provence and France, and there's at least one from Italy, so you can really get a feel for all of the different styles that rosé comes in.
1: Yeah, and the fun thing about rosé is that it's really pretty affordable, um, because it's really meant to be enjoyed that season, so, yeah.
0: That's one of the things that Andrew talked about. Um, it's the first wine to come out in any vintage, and, um, and 2015 was a really special year. So it gives you a preview of um, what's to come from other wines that, are, that were bottled in 2015, grown and bottled in 2015. So yeah, so I, ta- I had a chance to talk to Andrew about it and about the popularity of Rosé. So let's take a listen.
1: Yeah, there we go.
0: Okay, we're here with Andrew McMurray of Zaki's, the vice president here, and um, we're here because we are talking rosé for summer, and um, you just told us something, a couple really cool things about rosé. One is about the 2015 vintage, so tell me, tell me what you said.
2: So, 2015 for rosé was a spectacular year, and I'm not saying that because it's the start of summer and everyone's thinking and, and looking for rosé. In Europe specifically, 2015 was that magical vintage, and you hear people people reference from time to time, you know, the vintage of the century or the greatest vintage of my lifetime. And for a lot of winemakers in 2015, it was just that. And what happened in the 15 vintage was um, it got the spring got off to a great start. The in the month of July, they had. Towardly hot temperatures, and winemakers all throughout Europe were like freaking out because they were worried that like all the grapes were going to cook and the wines were going to be, uh, it was going to be a disaster. And right at the first week of August, this massive front pushed through all of Europe so Italy, France, Germany, and they had about a week of like these really big rainstorms. And they said on the back end, they had for the entire month of August into the first week of September 70 degrees, sunny breezy and it, it just made so what you got was a vintage where the first uh, part of the summer got really hot and w- so it ripened the grapes to this great level and then with that fresh cool air in the month of August you, you get wines that have great ripeness but good acidity and balance and so 2015 when you bring the vintage up with any winemaker now they their face just lights up <laughs> they just like the big smile on their face and 2015 is truly the first opportunity that the world's going to get a chance or a snapshot at the quality of the vintage.
0: So this is a great vintage for any wine, but since Rosé is the first wine released in any vintage, this is sort of a sneak peek.
2: That is correct. And it's, uh, you know, Rosé is, it's fresh and it's bright and it's delicious. And like I said, it's in that category of wine, you can get a snapshot of what the vintage is going to be for more serious wines that will be released, you know, a year or two from now. Yeah.
0: And um, so what do you think it is? Do you think there'll be more rosé? Are people like, it's exploding, right? So did people make more in this great vintage?
2: Yes. So rosé is a category is, it's you know, the numbers are staggering. I mean, the amount of rosé that's shipped into the U.S. annually is somewhere around the ballpark of about 7 million bottles a year right now.
0: I think I've drank half.
2: Right, and 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 it's growing by quantum numbers. And But what we've seen so far is every year the numbers keep going up in the the sales of rosé, but this year especially, even with the cool spring we've been having. I mean, think about it. There hasn't been real rosé weather up until, like, just right now, but we've had tastings in the store and everything. Every time we've opened these bottles, like people who typically might come in and buy like a bottle or two are saying, I need a case of that. I need a case of that. So the vintage is, is truly selling itself. And that's when it's a, that's when it's fun to be a wine merchant when you can, you know, when the quality in the bottle like universally.
0: That's so great. So uh, how how can we choose what kind of rosé? If we can't come to a tasting, is there some fun way that we could sort of get a bunch together? And what should we do?
2: Interesting that you asked that. So I always equate selling wine to my own life, you know, uh, wine experiences in life. And bringing uh, Rosé home has always been for the last two or three years. I've done this with my wife and friends. And what I like might be different than what you like, which might be different than what my next door neighbor might like. So it's a lot of fun to go into any wine merchant and pick out maybe five, six, or a case of a sort of rosé that they recommend, but all different ones, and to have a party and open up a couple different, and it's just, it's, I mean, what's more fun than to sit and talk with friends while you're drinking rosé, while the weather's nice? Everyone's happy in the summertime, right? <laughs> and the best way to learn about the rosé for you without a doubt, is, is, is uh, you know, is to taste and try and learn. Because we have a bunch of rosés in front of us here in the store right now that, that we're going to look at and just look at the color difference between them. I mean, right, it's, yeah. like, dramatically different. And, right. and, it's, and there's all different grape varietals, you know, being used in different rosés. So you run the gamut from, like, you know, the cranberry fruit profile, the raspberries and strawberries and peaches and, you know, whichever fruit might be for you. You know, you have a bunch of friends over, you taste through a case... I mean, come on. Right? I
0: think I can handle that.
2: <laughs> Andrew, right? thank
0: you so much for enlightening us, and we'll learn more about roses um, as the weeks go on.
2: Yep, let's hear it for 2015.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I already have my case at home, Megan.
1: Yes, well, of course, after hanging out with Andrew and, and opening a few bottles of rose, I also left with a case of rose <laughs> to bring home to my house, so I'm stocked all summer. So here's the thing. We're also going to be doing a tasting of the of
0: rosés at Zackey's, um at 6 o'clock on August 2nd. It's a while away, I know, but pencil it in. Um, they're doing a renovation, so we're going to wait for them to finish their renovation over in, Ju- in June and make, give them a little extra time in July, and then we'll be there with... An- I don't know if Andrew's going to be there, but they'll be Sacky's experts, and you and I will be there, and people can taste these wines that we've been
1: covering all summer long. Yeah, I can't wait. And like Andrew mentioned, uh, he and has some some rosé parties occasionally at his house so i'm hoping to recreate that style in the store that would be really fun
0: the ambulance brew house beer garden that's why we're here megan
1: Yes, and it, unfortunately, is a little bit rainy today, but um, I am definitely coming back here. I mean, this beer menu is is outstanding, and Brian was nice enough to let me try something before I, you know, actually ordered, because I'm, like, a picky person with beers, but... This is, like, what a great night out to come here on a nice night and sit in the beer garden and get a flight and, you know, some chicken wings or whatever. It's, it's cool. It's a great spot. So you had a chance to talk to Brian.
0: We, you, you pulled him away from the, from, the tasting, from the tasting menu. Yes. I, from from the tasting bar, I mean tasting. Yes. See, there's my foodie cred coming out. The taste, <laughs> it's not a tasting bar; it's a
1: tasting menu. But yeah, so um, what do you say? Well, he, he kind of talked through this cool tasting bar here. Like you said, there's no stools, and it's it's really awesome. So yeah, let's let's listen to what Brian said. I'm here with Brian Marr, who is um, whose father owns the Ambulance brew house here in Nanuet, but his dad's not here at the moment, so we grabbed you. And I want to hear a little bit about the beer garden and sort of the, the tasting bar and how you guys have this set up. If you could like describe it for people, because it's really cool. And I don't know that we have another tasting bar similar to that in this area.
3: So the tasting bar was... We kind of wanted to go away from the traditional like sitting down where people are enjoying their beers but staying there for a long period of time. We wanted to really like flow in and out and get everyone to taste as many beers as they can. Mm-hmm. And then for our back beer garden, it's... Um, we have a big sunset or retractable awning over nice couches with a big TV, so big game nights. Everyone's always fighting over the couches and everything. Um, and it's const- constantly changing. We just got a grill out there, we get put in the dartboard, we have our own smokers. So... And you guys
1: do private parties out there too, right?
3: Yep, yep. We do private events. Just have to contact us in advance and we can set that up for you.
1: And all right, you mentioned the beers. How many beers do you think you have on, on tap here, like normally?
3: Uh, We have 20 beers that are constantly rotating, so every time a keg kicks, it's immediately replaced, and you may never see it again, so (laughs) So if you see something you like, you gotta try it.
1: And it's a good, I mean, it's a, for, you know, this place kind of has an Irish pub feel, but really has, like, a real craft beer drinker menu, so who pulls the beer... Menu together. Who is that? You?
3: Um, our manager Chris actually is on, uh, on charge of all that. He's very good. He knows all his styles. He knows what people like, and he's always got a list of what's coming on next and what's uh, what's coming up.
1: Yeah, and I love the, the layout of the beer menu too. It makes it easy to, to pick something. Like I, you know, for how many beers you have, I like you know you can read the style, you can read the alcohol content. It's really cool. It's it makes it easy to peruse.
3: Yeah, and, um, like, whenever a beer kicks, it'll be a different beer, but it'll usually always be the same uh, style, so the board will always have certain beers in certain places, so even if you don't know the beer, you'll always know where to look for your style of beer.
1: And you guys do tastings and stuff like that? Like, do you do flights?
3: Yep, we do tastings, we do flights of our five four-ounce glasses for $12, so if you really want to test out the menu, you can
1: do those awesome well that's a good thing to do when you're sitting in the beer garden this summer <laughs> thank you brian
3: yeah you're welcome right.
1: yeah so I, <laughs> he said people fight over those chairs for game night i can see why totally this is uh, this is definitely one of my my new beer drinker destinations in rockland county so if you're a beer lover on this side of the river definitely come check it out Okay, and I think we can wrap up this week's episode with that, with, uh,
0: with a couple of more things off our foodie bucket list. Um, Rose is also on the bucket
1: list, by the way, if you were wondering. <laughs> it's, is it going to be also on the fall bucket list and the winter bucket list? <laughs> Just a mainstay. Always.
0: Okay, so uh, we'd really like to thank our producer, Jordan Fenster, for producing this show as always. Thank you, Jordan. And we're wrapping up the Low Hut Foodcast, where we're telling compelling stories about delicious food in Westchester, Rockland, and Putnam counties. I'm Liz Johnson. And I'm Megan McCaffrey. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.